Welcome to Consumer Reports. Uh, I'm Consumer Josh. I'm Consumer Brady. And I'm Consumer Raul. Not Raul. Sometimes Raul, but mostly Raul. And I'm Consumer Slime. I am a robot. I do not enjoy things. That's been my favorite part of the Discord, just seeing that notification. I don't even click it. I see it every morning, and I'm like, oh, this puts me, this makes me happy. <laughs> and it's not even on a Monday. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, Slime. I, I didn't, I didn't mean it. We love you. Get well soon. I can't wait for him to hear we're all, this. We're in all like pulling seven for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Welcome, Raúl. Uh, so yes, yeah, Slime is not on this episode. Um, he got cold feet or something, and <laughs> he hated Loki. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he said he hated it. He just did. He like didn't do that much for him. He said he didn't feel like he had too much to say about it. So. Um, but Raul, you have your own podcast, uh, called American Nerds, right? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I, that's been my baby for at least the last three years, I want to say. It's been on and off for me, but, um, basically it's a bit of a, uh, a bit of what you guys do on the show where we talk about the latest Marvel things alongside, um, other things in pop culture, whether it be in the news that happen weekly or, um, just things that we saw or like finally caught up on that we wanted to like gush about or consume about as in, uh, you know, to fit with the format of this show. And we're, yes. I, I'm, I'm a proud consumer. Over there, you're nerds. Over here, we're consumers. Exactly. Yeah. I'd say I'm a, big, I'm big a very happy consumer. Happy consumer. Well, oh, maybe. I we haven't know. had one of those before. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. You uh, have seen this show. Loki is what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about on this episode. Um, and it's been a while for all of us, right? This this ended, this show ended maybe about a month ago at this point. So we're finally getting around to it. Uh, we, we had to talk about Black Widow first and, you know, scheduling podcast recording sometimes takes a little bit, so... Yeah, so by now you're probably leaving the theaters from seeing Doctor Strange as this episode comes out. <laughs> yes. So pop this on and remember Loki. The third Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. most likely, if anything. <laughs> 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 I'm fucking with y'all. Honestly, I'm loving it. I was listening to the I was listening to some episodes, you know, on, on the way to, you know, getting ready for this. And it was just funny just hearing like, oh yeah, the first two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't even remember what happened in the rest of the show. And it's like August now. <laughs> I can't even remember what month it is. Well, you'll have to listen to those other episodes when they come out. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, general impressions, uh, Brady. What did What did you think of Loki? Uh, I enjoyed it overall. Um, it it got kind of boring near the end, but I figured that was mostly because they were setting up for the finale, which I was right. Um. Yeah, overall, very good. How about you, Ro? Uh, for me, I think it's probably the best of these Disney Plus shows that they've been uh, putting out so far, just in terms of like keeping it into a structured show. And I, I, I just like the what happened in terms of with the characters more so than the other two. I think I, I, I would agree. Um, I would agree with great uh, Brady with. 
like the build up to the finale was kind of a little lackluster to me, but I think especially towards like I want to say like the last thirty minutes of that uh of that finale probably made up for it as like I think the best Marvel thing we've had so far this year. It definitely makes up for what I thought was an okay finale for WandaVision and like not a good finale for Falcon Moon or Soldier. But yeah, overall mm. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, what was yeah, it? I, so uh Wanda WandaVision ended with the entire town that was brainwashed being like, It's fine, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, I hated the ending to WandaVision. I thought WandaVision had a horrible finale. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier political speech. (laughs) Yeah, that that like I didn't like the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier either. But I was at least like, eh, at least this like wraps up the show in a way that makes sense. Whereas like WandaVision, like I was so unsatisfied with like how that ended from like a a story perspective. (laughs) It's it's so funny because like, am I am I allowed to spoil WandaVision stuff on this episode? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just wondering. And we're doing full spoilers on the show for like everything we talk about. So, but we've considering we've already done full spoiler episodes for those shows yes absolutely ah perfect so that that does make sense um well with like wandavision it's so frustrating because it's like they kind of do like a hulk angle where monica's like oh they'll never know what you you know sacrifice for these people and meanwhile fucking kitty from 70s show is begging to die you know because she's been put in a prison for i want to say like how month how many long how many months was that probably like six even longer in the course yeah, of that show yeah. too long yeah <laughs> yeah way too long and it's like no these people shouldn't be thinking her at all she's more the villain of the shows as as the show um as it ends than i uh, personally than i'd see as a hero but not yeah with- we we talked about that a lot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no she's they they wanted her to be sympathetic and she was not in any way um but yeah, uh, to round the three of us out, uh, yeah, I liked this a lot, uh, and I think is easily the best of the three shows. In fact, I would go as far to say as, like, in comparison to this, I found WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier to be, like, skippable, almost. Like, which isn't to say mm. that there wasn't stuff that I liked about those shows. I did, and I'm glad that I watched them, but in terms of, like, recommending to people who are maybe on the fence about watching any of these shows i wouldn't recommend those shows to those people but i would recommend this one i would say like this one is worth watching if you have any kind of investment in the mcu yeah i would agree Um, with that 100 percent. because and funny enough looking back it was the one show of the live action ones that, that we initially saw or were being teased that didn't really click with me as much because when you when you look at it from just the marketing perspective it's just loki like bumbling around going around in time like you know playing around with the time stream and it's like yeah that might be interesting but if that's just it Mm -hmm. then i'm kind of bored with that but yeah it it ended up becoming a lot better than i thought it would be i was interested in the premise because i also thought it was going to be like that where it was just going to be like a bunch of like you know, unconnected vignettes of him, like, jumping around, like, going into one situation and trying to cause trouble or do stuff, and then, like, things get out of control, so he's like, oh, time to time to use the Tesseract to jump to another place, and now he's doing that. And, like, 
Yeah, I agree with you that that sounds pretty, like, disposable. I was still kind of excited for it because I was like, well, the possibilities of what they could do are kind of limitless. Like, there are so many different settings they could choose to explore. And considering that they're, like, this show probably has the biggest star of any of the shows so far, I figured it might have the best budget so far so that might allow them to do stuff i don't know i I guess i was thinking sort of like along the lines of like guardians of the galaxy type escapades Mm. like just through different dimensions um or through different like i don't know just throughout space and time basically uh but that's not what we got instead we got something very different and i think that worked in the show's favor i think what they ended up deciding to do worked really well yes i would agree yeah good all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah so going in yeah all i knew was you know it's something about time cops and loki um so yeah i was expecting a lot like what you said but yeah i'm glad we got what we got oh yeah i didn't even know anything about like the timekeeper's involvement when i went in so right from that like opening sequence i was like surprised by the direction it took um so yeah let's let's jump right in let's uh see if we can work our way through the the plot of the show here a little bit um so obviously show starts off with that scene from avengers endgame which sets up the whole premise for this show um which is when the avengers go back in time to uh, at the end of the Battle of New York, they are trying to get the Tesseract from uh, the briefcase that's holding it after Loki gets arrested. Uh, but they fuck it up and uh, Loki ends up getting his hands on it and uh, just uses it to, to just portal away or do whatever the fuck you do with the Tesseract. He boop jumps or whatever (laughs) um and that of course in in endgame i think after that they end up having to like go further back in time to like steal it from from howard stark yeah is that right they have to go to like an underground bunker somewhere in the 70s yeah yeah because if they're making that extra jump they had to get the pim particles too oh right right yeah right and then Peggy was there. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, literally, after we see that scene, I think we even get a little bit more stuff with the event, with, like, them reacting to Loki jumping. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm forgetting wrong. But I feel like they give us, like, just a little tiny bit more in that scene after Loki jumps away. Um I don't remember what they show us. Am I wrong? I'm I'm trying uh, to remember. I mostly remember him jumping and then he's like talking to, is it Inuits or Himalayan people or something? Oh, like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not went, sure. It, it looks like he went back in time and he's, you know, talking to some kind of tribal. So it's in Mongolia. People. It's in the Gobi yeah. Desert mm. in Mongolia. Okay. I don't think it says when it is. Maybe it does, and I'm missing it here. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I just so feel like this it's back in time, right from this, I was just like, okay, here we go. Here's like that setup that I was expecting of like Loki finds himself in some random 
spot in space and time and has to deal with where that scenario leads him. So I thought like, oh, he's going to end up in like a, you know, situation with these, uh, with these, you know, uh, people here where he's going to like try to control them and probably something's going to go wrong and that's going to create like, you know, some kind of shenanigans and, uh, nope, almost immediately the time variance authority show up and uh arrest him for violating the sacred timeline and bring him to the the TVA headquarters the yeah i saw it as more uh, like like the waiting line to like one of those clinics that you see from like an always sunny episode you know like a like right. a, like a rundown like broken not really well funded um waiting room Right. I guess I was thinking of like if they refer to like what this general like world that this like in t- whole headquarters exists in because there's like a whole city around it. Oh, yeah. I I don't uh, think they ever really mention it in the show. I I just think it's really just like, yeah, just their headquarters. I don't really know if yeah, anyone it, talks about like what's I, yeah. outside of it. I, yeah, I don't I know think if it's like a city, pocket dimension or like if it's way in the future or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a pocket dimension sort of thing. And I think the city around it is just most supposed to be like living quarters for all the people who work in the TVA, basically. But it does look pretty big for that. Like the actual headquarters itself, we don't get the sense that there's like, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people working <laughs> there. But I mean, it does seem big. Um, but. Yeah, anyway, so uh, Loki ends up, like, in in sort of this processing um, where they're, like, taking his fingerprints and everything or, like, taking a scan of him, you know, essentially the equivalent of getting his fingerprints, but on a much crazier scale because these are <laughs> do you, time Do you know cops. if you're a robot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if I don't know I'm a robot? Well, then this machine will blow you up. <laughs> Step through the oh, machine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then there's the guy that's uh, like, please verify this is everything you have ever said. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think he he ends up in front of the judge, who is Ravona Renslayer, who becomes a big character later on. Um, and well, first he he what did they introduce? They show him like the. He sees like the movie with like that like clock character in it. Was it like Miss? Oh, Miss Minutes. Yeah, Miss Minutes. That's right. Um, and like explains what the time variance authority is. We find out that um, the reason that uh, all of these branching timelines haven't you know gone crazy is because the TVA is actually there, like blowing them up. Like destroying them anytime something branches too far off. Whoa, the, reset them. Yeah. Um, which actually, actually is a little, I'm a, actually is a little confusing. So we know that there's the sacred timeline, but do, do they imply that there's like the sacred timeline actually accounts for like a bunch of different versions of that timeline? And it's only when things when one of those timelines gets like too off the path of what those timelines are supposed to be that they step in i i think that's what it is or just like because because like there are all of these different variants 
and the variants, like, it's not like those timelines were just cut off at the moment that, like, any of those variants were born. They they had, like, years to, like, live their lives before their well, timelines I, got... Right. I think it's like, it's like branching multiverses, but right. anything that doesn't match the sacred timeline gets cut off. But I, I don't think... I think or at match the point that we see enough. the universe... Yeah, I think at the like, point I think there's that we allowed see to where be the, variations, if the TVA but they can shows up, vary that's the so multiverse. Far. Right. It, 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 the only reason I asked that is because, like, that seems clear at the beginning of the show, but then towards the end of the show, it feels like they're talking talking about it more like there's just, like, this one timeline that they're maintaining. Yeah, which makes it... Which... It, it makes it even weirder when you think about, like... And I remember they, I, somewhere in the show they address it, but like the events of Endgame, essentially they, they did, they did change time. They did change a lot of, th- like Cap did change some things. Right. But then why wouldn't Cap be like brought into this office? Like why wouldn't he be zapped immediately right. after that? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I thought think- about that too. And I also thought like, you know, they have to come up with this whole plan to not, you know, after, um, after, Hulk talks to what's her name um, from Doctor Strange. Oh, Ancient One, yeah, the Master. Ancient yes, one, yeah. Who, she like, she tells him like, "Hey, if you just take these and don't bring them back, then you know you're going to create a branching timeline, uh, and that you know that might be a shitty timeline." And so they they're like, "Yeah, we got to go back and put them all back into place so we don't create branching timelines." If only they knew that the TVA existed, they could have just been like, who fucking cares? Like, we'll, we'll just let them go. The TVA will take care of it. That, we don't got to do jack shit. I, you, you're saying this now, and this reminds me of like, how pointless the ending of the first Doctor Strange movie now sounds like in retrospect. Because really, had just like, had uh, Big Face, whatever the big purple thing was, like, you know, got his wish, he probably would have just been stopped at the very end, right? Because it's just what they needed to do. Because Strange did fuck around with time at the end of that one. I don't know why mm-hmm. like he was able to get away scot-free. It's interesting. Because uh, he's supposed to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Isn't that what they imply during like Loki's trial? Where he like tries yeah. to throw the Avengers under the bus? And they're like, no, that, that was approved time fuckery. Yeah, well, Loki, Loki does a smart thing, even though it doesn't, you know, work in his favor. You know, he is, you know... Uh, I was thinking along the same lines as him when he like objects because he's like, hey, I'm not the one who fucked with the timeline Mm -hmm. like the Avengers are. They're the ones you want to go arrest. And it's like, yeah, good point. Like they fucked around. But then she's just like, no, that was like they're you know, that's supposed to happen. They're supposed to fuck with time. Like that's actually part of it. But if that's true, if that's true. If they're allowed to fuck with time and create these branching timelines, then <laughs> and Loki's actions are a natural result of them doing that. Then, like, you're just splitting hairs. Like, yeah. oh, Loki's Loki's the criminal. It's like it's not that they're they're like creating a formality out of what is essentially just like cold executions because uh, uh, they're uh, they're Josh, not interested. Obviously- the 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 plot of Loki is also part of the sacred timeline, so uh, checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it, no, but yeah, I was I was just going to say the TVA aren't interested. Wait, actually, in actually jumping ahead, like, isn't that kind of what happens? 
jumping ahead to the final episode. Isn't that kind of what happens? The uh, he who he who remains put this all into action to get to what happens. Yeah, he does True. say that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He. <laughs> well, so the the TVA are are under an impression that they. But really, like every the 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 one who remains or whatever the fuck. I don't want to call him that anymore. What's it? He's he's basically um, that's his name. He who remains. He, he who remains. But yeah, but he goes by other names. I guess he goes by other uh, well, names. We'll get into this because he's a character in the comments. But yeah. he, there's like different versions of him in different dimensions who go by different names, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's not like in in this show. The guy we meet is named He Who Remains. Yeah, right. in future stuff, he'll be Kang and maybe Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess his real life name is Nathaniel Richards. That's like the what? the prime Jonathan version Majors? of him. Yeah. Right. Because in the because oh, in the little I thought you meant the actor. Oh no, uh, uh the, <laughs> yeah. the real life version. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, I thought you meant no. the actor. The I think the actor's name is Jonathan Majors, I wanna say. I always I always yeah. mix up his last name. I always want to say like Myers for some reason. But like You mean you mean the guy before he became the god, he who remains or yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know if you want to call him that, but yeah. And technically okay. Kang as well, but like in the monologue, I don't want to jump like too far ahead, but like in the monologue that he's bringing up in the finale, that little version of him that he brings up with like the little globe or something, he was like cold. He was looking sciency. Like that's supposed to be the prime version whose name is Nathaniel Richards. And in the comics, I don't know if they'll change it for this. But like he's supposed to be like, I think Reed Richards great grandson or something like that. Like a oh, big, oh yeah, wow. like a big descendant of him. Anyway, I'm just going to call him Kang, even though that's not really who he is here in this show. I'm just going to call him Kang because it's easy. Yeah, I, I did the same for <laughs> on my show because it's just like, I know who he is. You know, like, I know what this is supposed mm-hmm. to be. You know, like, hero, yeah, it's a cool name, but like, I like Kang even more. Yeah. And, also, <laughs> yeah. and also, and also he is, we, we know that Jonathan Majors is going, we actually knew before this show aired that he is going to play Kang the Conqueror in... Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Quantum yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Quantumania. Okay. Quantum Which we'll, we'll talk more a little bit more about that when we get to the end of this show because I think this show is probably going to have some pretty big implications <laughs> in terms of what we can see, <laughs> what we're going to expect in that movie. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania release date February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Oh shit! Two years from now. Uh, oh wow! Will the Earth even mm-hmm. be around then? <laughs> I don't even know if Loki season two will have like even aired before. Yeah, the, that's so when they announced there was going to be a season two, I was like, wait, like is that going to be a direct continuation or is it going to be like a continuation of what continues on from this show in other? things in the in the MCU <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to wait and see um because uh, because if what happens in this show is like only contained to loki that would be massively disappointing yeah it, <laughs> and it seems like that can't possibly be the case but well i i will i don't want to like um like bring in any like big like speculator things or like rumors that have gone out because i don't know if you guys like follow that for um for these types of movies but like it, a little bit, it, but um, all right. But like, it's it's supposed to. I, I assume you know, given how the show ends, how the first season ends, it's supposed to follow up with some of these movies because it because right. it, it feels like they're really just setting this up as like the next big arc for for uh, for right. this universe. Well, the, 
and it the makes next me Doctor Strange movie has multiverse yeah. in the title. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me think that Doctor that's the Strange. Next one after, uh, oh, that just that's the next one after Ten Rings, I think. Right. Spe- specifically, Doctor Strange and then Ant Man seem like their plots should could or should be very related to like what's going on in this show. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but buh, buh. what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, Brady, you kind of point out that King is kind of intentionally put all of these events with Loki in this show into place. So really the TVA like are wrong to think that any, anything is going wrong, but of course them doing so is part of the plan. So, um, but I think what I was going to say is that, um, from, from like, like Renslayer's point of view there, you know, this formality of charging people with crimes is kind of just a show to like, make them feel like they're, they're like doing things, you know, in like the sense of justice but really, like, they are not, they're not interested in whether people, like, did bad things. They're just like, you, you are a branched off thing. It's not your fault. And, and it is the natural result of other <laughs> things happening that weren't your fault. But now we're going to kill you. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> I, um, uh, with, with that aspect of the tv i find it a little we'll, we'll get to that little um scene in this episode in a second but uh i i really like the weird meta uh ness that this like that the tva kind of has where like i think about like oh why didn't they you know just like poof dr strange out of existence and it's like oh maybe it's because like oh he's contracted like three other movies or something like that like they already kind of know that's like oh well he's supposed to stick around and like this stuff just seems more important but then this one guy who ordered like a number three instead of a number two, no, like he can't do that. <laughs> he has to just go. But also I feel like what we don't see is the main timeline where that guy did order a number two or three or whatever, you know, whatever he was supposed yeah. to do. We don't see that. I mean, for all we know, there are like 30 Dr. Stranges out there that have been uh, zapped or whatever, disintegrated. What do they call it? Uh, um, pruned. Pruned. Yeah. pruned. Yeah, and we don't see that because you know that's uh, that'd be a weird Doctor Strange movie where halfway through he gets arrested. Right, but the one we see <laughs> we cut, who creates the time loop is that's what's supposed to happen. That's the TVA is okay with that version of events. That would be a pretty funny ending though, if just like a lot of these movies just had like that extra bonus <laughs> scene where it's just a replay of that same scene, but they just get like poofed <laughs> off by just I can't remember the tough girl. Um, well, in this I, one, I haven't. Or I haven't. Like that. I haven't watched uh, the first episode of What If yet, but I assume that's how the first episode ends. It's just that that timeline gets pruned. <laughs> well, no, no, no. And that's going to be the end if, of every episode. <laughs> what If exists because now the TVA is all goofed up or whatever. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good I, point. I did read an article that said that basically. Like, What If is canonical because the TVA is getting all goofed up because he who right. died. That's an interesting for them to structure the releases of the shows like that. Like to, to like, it's, I'm sure it's not like at all, even like remotely explicitly referred to in what if, but the implication of them having that show immediately after Loki is kind of like, see now, like we've established that there's like alternate universe fuckery happening. So yeah, I, cool. I would love, 
I would love a yeah, a, just a, a like some kind of cut of like Hunter B fifteen showing up in the after credits of all these movies to <laughs> prune <laughs> prune like the uh, people at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we are getting we've gotten so far ahead of ourselves. Uh, so yeah, we get a Mobius. We get the introduction of Mobius, who wants to use Loki for his own purposes, and we get this really big portion of the first episode, which is basically just them in this room, which apparently Wikipedia refers to as the Time Theater. I, they must have called it that in the show, but I definitely didn't remember. I, I don't remember that at all. I thought it was just like another like Deco Legion-esque like, office space. Yeah, it's just an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Time Theater. <laughs> um, And yeah, he just kind of verbally spars with Loki for a really long time, just like psychoanalyzing each other. Uh, and it's, it's good. I really like this whole sequence. I mean, obviously Owen Wilson is great. Yeah. yeah I really liked Mobius. Um, I, I had like a couple friends that said they weren't even going to watch Loki because uh, he was in it. That's, really? What? That's kind of harsh. Why? Yeah, they, I, well, yeah, they're not, I don't know. They're just not big Marvel people, I guess. Bad people. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Did he? <laughs> did he do something? Is he for being bad? No, or well, no. They're probably just. They're probably just like. Oh, Warner Wilson's that dude who like acts like a like a like an aloof like you know cool dude and everything. And I'm I'm too uptight for that. <laughs> you know attitude. The wow guy who always wears a cowboy hat in every premiere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah yeah but i liked him he's really I, I think this. it was just probably one of my favorite roles with him it, it and it's it's funny because i used to be one of those people who, like when i was a kid i was watching owen wilson's movie specifically cars i always hated cars growing up and i was like i never like his voice and then i just i immediately equated that to like oh i just don't like him as an actor but then i would just see more of his stuff like i saw what was it? Was he in Bottle Rocket? In some of the Wes Anderson movies that he mm-hmm. was definitely like a big Although part Although I haven't of. seen that one. I saw a little bit of Bottle Rocket, but then I would get into like um, uh, Royal Tenenbaums and I'm like, oh, well, this guy is way better than I ever thought you know, he mm-hmm. was. And then what was it? There was like some, apparently he just like took a break from acting. Like he was just in a really bad Yo, come on, of depression for a minute he- before he got back to some oh. things. Yeah. But apparently he's been doing yeah, he's, well. You know what he's great in? Mm. Shanghai Noon with Jackie oh Chan. Oh my god, I remember Shanghai Noon. <laughs> <laughs> and Shanghai Nights, don't forget the sequel. There's a sequel? I always assumed it was just the yeah. I always assumed it was just the same movie of just them yep. kicking out of the poster. <laughs> nope. Oh, nope. Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, K N I G H T N. Nice. I might I might check that Which, out. Which like doesn't make any sense cuz they're like in the first movie they're like Man, this is a big tangent. I'm sorry. But in the first movie, I think they're like in the 19th century in like the American West. And then in Shanghai Nights, they're like in, they're supposed to be in like the late 19th century in London. But it's like the the stuff that they include in the movie doesn't make any sense to like the time that they're supposed to be in. It's like way, way more modern. Maybe it is tied into Loki. You, like, I don't remember if there's a jet ski in any of those movies, but probably there was just a memory of him riding with Jackie on some sort of like swimming vessel. And he just equates that to a jet the ski. Only re- yes. 
The, <laughs> the, the only reason I know this stuff is because I was looking at a bunch of Jackie Chan movies recently <laughs> uh, on Wikipedia. But uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So where are we at? Are we at the part where he finds the t- uh, Infinity Stones yet? I think it's it's about to get there after this first meeting, right? Yeah. So yeah. So Loki tries to escape, and there's this whole like sequence of him trying to get away, and he realizes that like the Infinity Stones are like useless in the TVA. Um, and well, the they're thing- they're not useless. It's just the TVA is so powerful that they're right you know, to them. The Infinity Stones are paper <laughs> that's working. so funny to me. Right, which is like the best part of the first episode, in my opinion. <laughs> Where he just finds like drawers of like infi- all these infinity stones. And they're like, yeah, we just use them as paperweights. <laughs> <laughs> and who's that? Uh, that actor um, who plays like that? That guy? Uh, it's, um, oh, like, the assistant, Eugene right? Cordero, yeah, but he he has that temp energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Eugene Cordero. He's 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 a fun guy. I don't know where I've seen him. Man. Um, I'm looking this up. Now. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's usually he like looks a familiar, but I couldn't tell you anything mm. he's in. He's in the good place. He plays um, what's his name? Um, oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. The the dumb characters like cousin. Mm. Ah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. <laughs> um, but yeah, after after he tries to escape and and he gives up, and then he goes back to the the room, and this was probably my favorite part, which is he like watches watches like his future that he hasn't gotten to yet which includes like his death when thanos kills him and he sees him like sacrifice him so like he sees himself having like made amends with his brother and sacrificing his life to try to save you know uh his people and this kind of like breaks him down and i liked this because it's like a good way to be like okay so we're dealing with this version of Loki who has not undergone any of like the emotional, you know, arc that his character has gone through in the main uh, movies. And like, here's a way for us to kind of justify bringing his character more up to speed with like something more familiar for us um, as an audience. And it's it's a little bit convenient, but I think they executed it well. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent with that because it's like I I'm I'm okay with a Loki that you know didn't really experience all of those things, but you know at the same time I was obviously because we've seen him through these movies, like I was more invested in the one that grew, right? You know, and was able to like actually feel that pain and you know learn from that. And if, if yeah, it was. A, the best convenient way for them to actually like get to that point of the character, even though it's technically not that character anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they do a good job like building up to it. It's not just that he sees that it's like after this really long, like back and forth, like in depth conversation about like his motivations and stuff with Mobius. Um, there's a lot of kind of dissecting his personality and his character and it's also like the weight of his realization that he like doesn't have that the power he thought he had like he doesn't really have that anymore and then the him seeing this footage of himself in the future is just kind of like the cherry on top it's like the thing that like puts it over the edge for him um 
So, yeah. And then at the end of that episode, Mobius reveals that, you know, he, you know, needs his help to hunt another variant who he reveals is also a Loki. And that's how the first episode ends. Did I miss anything that you, uh, important? I think that was the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to say, like, right away, I love the the music in this show. The mm. music is incredible. Yeah, for the longest time, I was... For some reason, it had that same feeling of um, whoever was the composer behind, like, the Joker movie and, and Chernobyl. But I had to look it up here. I, apparently, I think she's done some... The composer for this one did some work with, like, Fincher or some uh, some people who worked with Fincher before. I'll just look this up as as we go. Yeah, I don't recognize much from her from her like filmography as a composer. Yeah, no, I'm looking at her letterbox now. Yeah, I, I guess it's just a bunch of indies, and then it led up to this one. Maybe she just did a lot for TV. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, I I I mean, I assume she also worked with probably some of like Marvel's in house people, but pretty impressive for. Yeah, some good for someone who hasn't like worked on much else that I've heard of. Like, yeah, I it made a big like I think of all the shows so far, this one had the most uh, distinctive music for me that creates a lot of like the atmosphere of the show. I really like the uh, the understated like intro title of just like Loki um, and and like these outro credits. I think were my favorite outro credits of any of the shows so far just uh i just really like the style overall i would agree with that i i'm a, I'm a little conflicted with just the creativeness of just you know making music for wandavision because it's essentially oh you're you're making of you're making a new theme song that goes along with like the time frame of where that reality would have come out like a 90s version and sure a dick van dyke sounding theme song I, I I really like that one a lot, but yeah, it de- yeah for this, true. For That's this not show, something we worked. talked too much about when we talked about that show, but um, but yeah, I agree. There's definitely a lot of creativity happening there mm-hmm. with the music. Um, this is just a lot more like consistent in terms of like themes that like carry throughout the show. Yeah. So it so it was easier to like you know grab on to those. Uh, yeah. So let's move on. Episode two. Episode two, I think, is like the bulk of it is them like going to that mall, right? Yeah. So they're 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 trying to track down the Loki variant. Uh, they, uh, Mobius and our Loki, you know, go to a couple. Well, at least one site where uh, she was attacked. It was like a Renaissance fair, if I remember clearly, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Loki figures out that uh, she, or, well, the variant is hiding in, uh, uh, what is it, like, apocalyptic type events? What are they called? It's uh, so like yeah. Pompeii, where the the uh, volcano blows up. Basically stuff where it doesn't really matter what happens, because it's already going to get wiped out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they test that out by going to Pompeii. Uh, eventually, they figure out that uh, because of the gum, uh, the variant Loki gave a kid in like, well, I don't know, medieval times or something. They kind of <laughs> they kind of track it down to slightly in the future in Alabama, where a hurricane's about to wipe a bunch of stuff out. 
Uh, right. And this is where they actually get to meet the variant. And for the record, the reason they're after this variant is because, one, they escaped. Like, they were supposed to be pruned, but they escaped the TVA. And then, since then, they have been, like, setting up traps for, like, TVA, for timekeepers, uh, where they'll, yeah, like... killing them. Create... Kidnapping them. Yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll wait for them to come in to try to, like, prune a timeline and then just, like, fucking murder yeah. all of them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they go to this, um, shopping... Uh, do you remember the name of it? It's, it's basically a Walmart, but oh. the Marvel Universe version. Oh, right, and, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's, like, Rocksmart or something like that. There's, yeah, because yeah, there's like a non-Tony yeah. Stark. And that's like a so like tech corporation that they use for cart. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and apparently they're they're a big thing in the comics. Like that, that's like an actual brand name that does stuff. They, I don't know, it's not just like a weird made up thing for Loki. No, well, because Roxxon is a company that's been around since like Iron Man in the MCU. Hasn't yeah, like it? Iron Man Two or something. Like I. If I'm if I'm remembering clearly, I think it was co-owned. It was like partly owned yeah, by they, like Sam, uh, this guy's character, the dude with the glasses. They were like an oil yeah. company or something. I guess it first shows up. It's first mentioned in Iron Man three. Oh, okay. Because a Roxxon tanker causes an oil spill. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um. Oh, it shows up in Agents of Shield a lot. That's why I'm familiar mm. with it. Oh, have you also seen yeah, a lot of Agents of Shield? Josh? Uh, yeah, I've seen oh, all of okay. it. And I'll actually talk a little bit about that towards the end, a very tiny bit about that towards the end of this episode. <laughs> it's funny because, <laughs> like, you're like, like, I just realized right now you're probably like the only other person I've I know besides me who have seen the majority of that show or at least all of it. Because I just remember. Have you finished? Yeah, it? I I finished it a while ago, but I feel like I skipped a season or two. Like after Ghost hmm. Rider showed up, something happened where I just didn't watch it week oh. to week. But then it was it, like slowly but surely, it was just one of those shows where it's like, should I go back to this? Like I spent so many years watching it, and then it like felt like it was becoming well because it was like becoming less and less relevant to the you know time stream or to the timeline, right? right. But to the yeah, MCU. But I, I ended up catching up on it like some time ago. Yeah. But the the funny thing about the show is as it became less relevant to the MCU, the show got a lot oh, better. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like <laughs> Um Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah, I guess Roxxon is mentioned a lot more in in the shows. There's talk of it being mentioned in Agent Carter and featuring in Daredevil. And cloak and dagger, which I have not seen, so apparently it's much more oh, is that mentioned in out? the shows than in the actual movies themselves. Um, good to know. What did you say? Oh, I, I didn't even realize. Uh, cloak oh and yeah, was out. that came out like two oh, yeah, years ago. Been, or that was like years yeah. ago. <laughs> oh wow, I remember like reading about it at some point, and yeah, yeah, because it was like okay. on Hulu or something. I it think. was on. Um, I never watched. It, it was what was it? ABC Family changed their name. To something else and i think it was on there for a minute oh. and i think it went into hulu after oh god i'm remembering so many things that just got canceled over the years like fucking the runaways wasn't that another one that they right. had yeah and i never watched Snyder that <laughs> yeah the, the, i never watched any of those that the, the once i watched uh inhumans i was like 
If it's not, if it doesn't have good reviews, I'm not watching. Oh it. man, I never <laughs> even tried. Because Inhum- Inhumans burned me so. Oh my god, I watched the whole thing, and like that's the worst, like the worst MCU content that I've watched by far. That show was horrendous. It was oh, the funniest thing. Worse, worse than Iron Fist. <laughs> worse than yeah. In I, I fucking Inhumans was such a funny little blip in my mind years ago well like my first job i used to work at a movie theater and i think i was working the opening weekend of the premiere episode that was exclusively supposed to be in imax theaters and we had oh right they did it in (laughs) oh my god i can't imagine seeing that in theaters that is like the the, like it looks horrible it's so funny because it's like you know how you could tell you know a, a a you know, a TV show camera or like how, you know, visually how a TV show looks like compared to a movie. It really, it literally was just like established stock television shots of an island that I would look at while I was cleaning up the theater. Yeah. And it's like, this doesn't even feel cinematic. It's not even cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. Even among like the MCU shows, it's one of the least cinematic, like looking things. It's one of the worst filmed things like from all perspectives like there are episodes as agents of shield that look way better daredevil looks way mm, better yeah. like <laughs> it's just amazing they made that choice to show it in theaters anyway uh, <laughs> um yeah so we're at rocks cart there is a this is i guess in 2050 in alabama mm-hmm. and there is a hurricane that is i guess going to like drown this whole area i don't even know but it's it's supposed to be an apocalyptic event so people are gonna die uh and the the visuals here are awesome when they first enter this scene when you get like that like big like um zoomed out shot from the from the store and it like shows like the parking lot and it shows like the storm going over it it looks pretty incredible um Definitely some of the like best like CGI stuff I think we've seen in any of the shows uh, up to this point. And yeah, and then they they're hunting the variant and the variant ambushes them and reveals themselves to Loki um, and Loki finds out it's a girl version of him. It's a lady. And um the she so she's been attacking these people and stealing their reset devices and now she has like dozens if not hundreds of them oh yeah. right and uh so she's trying to create a bunch yeah. of branch timelines to to like to like throw them into chaos basically so that they're like distracted yeah uh, does she? So is she trying to get the our Loki to f- join her, or do it, it's they just kind of fight? No, she she doesn't want him to join mm. him. But uh, at the end of the episode, like they have a little like spat after the fight, but then she just keeps the. I, I remember, yeah, she just keeps the portal open for like a couple more minutes because she thinks that he's going to go after her, and he just goes in. If I remember, clearly. I don't know if she does that intentionally. I think she's hoping that he won't follow her, but she doesn't have control over how long the portal stays open, and he just manages to follow that's her. Th- that's always a thing I've always been so confused about with, like, portals in general with movies, because I would imagine, like, if you have... 
like Doctor Strange can just close one immediately, you know, with no ease at its easiest convenience. Like, I don't know how it works for like other characters in since we like with this case, well, she's like more of an enchantress. So, did, so I feel like she would have more control in closing it. So I, I, I don't remember the episode. Did she open the portal or did she use the time device? The t- TVA device. To open yeah, I think she uses the TVA oh. device. Oh, I completely forgot about that. If yeah, if that's the case, I mean, she may not really have control. Right, over it. the tem pad. Um. Also, apparently, Wikipedia is saying that our Loki reaches out to her to say, like, "Hey, let's overthrow them." Right. And she's like, "Nah." Yeah. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Is he? Yeah, he's he's like trying to like you know, make a proposal to her that they team up and she's just like, I don't need your help. Fuck <laughs> you. Because <laughs> uh, I think her, she is trying to confront the the timekeepers. I said timekeepers so, earlier, so which, right which now, was what, what they... I meant to say was the TVA agents or whatever they're called. But the timekeepers are like the the three okay, okay, people that's what I was who lord who over the TVA, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. Can I meet them? <laughs> They're very busy. <laughs> and that's episode two. Right. And um, we don't find this out till later, but just so we can refer to her as this now, female Loki is known as Sylvie. Do they ever say where that came up from? I think she just came up with it herself. I think she just named herself that. I'm In not the sure show, that. they never... Br- I don't know if they ever bring it up, but... There is a comic book tie-in with this, but I feel like it would probably spoil like whatever plans they actually have for uh, for her in season two. But there, there's like a there's a deep connection to it in the comics, like, but within the context of the show, I don't think I think she just calls herself Sylvie, but she remembers her name was Sylvie. Yeah, because I think she is born as Loki, mm-hmm. but she decides that she doesn't want to be known as Loki anymore at some point. Um, so she names herself Sylvie. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, and then the third episode is, was so it's it's mostly just those two on a doomed planet slash train that's going to protect rich people getting to know each other. Yeah, for most of it. What's it called? Leventus. I'm looking it up here. Like, they yes, go forward 20 yes, years they, in 2077. Right, because they start off... Um, at the TVA, but then they get like surrounded, and so they escape again to um, to Lamentus One. Okay, I don't remember that at all. I just mostly remember them on the doomed planet slash train. I think that's all in there, yeah, because right? because. Yeah, yeah, because that's like ninety. Yeah, of the episode, that's the bulk of the episode. It's like the very beginning of the episode because mm. after she teleports away from from Rock's cart, she's trying to go to the. She's trying to distract the TVA so that she can infiltrate the headquarters and find the timekeepers. But when Loki follows her, um, I don't know if it's Loki's fault specifically, but they just both get ambushed really fast by uh, by Renslayer. And like a bunch of the the TVA agents, and they have to uh, they have to just escape. They have to get out of there. The plan fails, and they just have to bounce. Um, and so they end up on this moon that is gonna. There's like another moon that. Oh yeah. The, oh no. There's a planet that's about to like 
crush this moon. <laughs> um, and the Tempad runs out of power, so they can't go anywhere. So they're trying to get to an evacuation arc, basically. Yeah, but also they're also trying to recharge the Tempad yes. with the train power, right? Yeah. Right. And then, uh, right, they're originally going to do that. No, originally they're trying to get to the evacuation spaceship so that they can use its power to recharge the Tempad, but then the the Tempad like breaks completely, and then they're just like, well, now we just need to get to the Ark so we can escape. Um, hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens on this train. They talk to each other. There's a little bit of a blooming friendship slash romance. Um, <laughs> there's a point... This is where we find out Loki is... He's oh, the first, yeah. right. He's the first bi- He's the first gay Disney character. Yeah, what's what he's is the, the line? He's the 50th first by Disney it's, character. It's literally like I don't even think he like says it outright. It feels like it, it, it No, he doesn't say it outright, but it's but it's a pretty clear oh, implication. Yeah. I, I'm I'm um, just trying to remember like yeah, like there have been there have been ladies, oh there have bad. been men, what, what something I, like that. I, like it was um, just like a yeah, what I meant to say is that like it sounded more like a whisper than anything like he wasn't like actually trying to like say anything out loud you know like one of those, like it felt like one of those like lines that they were just like it could easily be like censored out or just re- redubbed with something else in like another country <laughs> you know oh <laughs> yeah probably but um i think she yeah they're like he's asked her about relationships and then she asked him if he had any girlfriends or boyfriends and he says something like like a little both i think it's not something quite as obvious as that but he basically responds in a way that's like yeah both. <laughs> she stares at the camera um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the the intent seems pretty clear that the writers wanted you to take away from that that he is probably bisexual um but also plausible den- deniability. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Should they need to? Well, I mean, and I mean, with a character like Loki, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, there is um, this is something I found out mm-hmm. after the fact. But you remember the dog from Ragnarok in like Norse mythology? Oh yeah, also <laughs> yeah. gay. Also gay. <laughs> the big um, uh, the big gay dog from uh Ragnarok in the mythology is supposed to be at least it, it's in some stories it's supposed to be Loki's son. So I don't know if he like fuck some weird like yeah. chimera dog person thing, you know. To, <laughs> he he could have just done that's, that. That's well, yeah, a generous a interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah so in the actual mythology yeah he uh he changes and does all kinds of weird stuff and like even in even in the comics there was like a brief period of time where he just turned into a woman uh like the classic version of loki just turned to a woman and i think was into some relationships with characters like i think fuck fuck yeah something like that maybe or like (laughs) tried to flirt with norman osborne or some shit like that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man incredible uh, but yeah uh, another scene i remember on the train is um loki gets really drunk and is just like dancing oh that was a fun scene yeah it's i, I yeah. can't even remember the song he was singing but it's just like i don't know it, that episode was a nice highlight for me because it reminded me of just for some reason it reminded me of like 2008 doctor who like the matt smith era of just how it would just be people hanging mm. out and 
you know, it would just get silly and you could just admire that and kind of just ignore like any of the, you know, crazy big plot stuff that's happening in the background. Totally. And they're in like this isolated situation that they're like interacting with and trying to escape from. And like it it could have almost have been its own separate thing. You know, like you could have easily put this as like a special in some case, you know, that would be like disconnected from the rest, at least for like the majority of this, Mm -hmm. uh, of these interactions when they're in the train. Yep. And then at the end of this episode, we get like, I think like the end of this episode and the beginning of the fourth episode are like, they kind of break up this big set piece into like two scenes. Um, but they're in like the city trying to get to the arc and just meteors are just crashing into the city and they're just running around. And this is a very like, this is a high budget oh, scene. Yeah. Like, I feel like most of the budget of the show went into this sequence because this is, this is like some big spectacle shit happening like skyscrapers just like falling down around them also in terms of direction i'm trying to remember it's like a tracking shot for most of that right oh yeah yeah because it's just like following them as they're like running through the Mm -hmm. streets and like into various buildings yeah yeah it's got a cool style to it i think at some points the cgi looks a little green screeny and you know isn't completely movie worthy but it, i would say for the most part like you know the budget went to work here and they, it you know it shows it looks pretty impressive for for a tv show yeah at least. Uh, i think out of all these episodes this probably has the funniest ending for me where it's just like the arc explodes they're all kind of fucked and they just right. like sylvie just is like all right i'm i'm just gonna go get a drink <laughs> and you just see <laughs> tom Hiddleston just like be in more like pain and agony than he has been in the beginning yeah I, it was a funny right. that one yeah it just ends with like them just like well yeah. shit <laughs> uh so next episode like they have to I think, but I think there's like more set piece stuff because they're still in the city and there's still meteors crashing down and they have to like get out of the city. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just skips over I'm, that. I'm but. trying to remember because I remember that episode opens with, um, with that shot that everybody kind of thought was a misdirect from the trailers where you see uh, somebody that looks like Black Widow from one of those trailers for the show. And it's obviously something that they didn't post where it's actually Sylvie, but they just redid her hair to look red. And then, like, they changed the background. I think it opened up with that scene where, like, they just sit in the corner talking to each other as they're seeing, like, the meteors go down. But I can't remember what happens right after that. Right. Right. I think we, like, Sylvie tells Loki about how, you know, the TVA arrested mm-hmm. her and, like, put her on trial. Um and like she was just chilling, having having her life. Like th- there was nothing crazy that happened. It's just like one day she's like playing with her toys, and they just come and they grab her. Um, but yeah, so um, when they yeah they 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 basically fall in love here, and that apparently creates enough of a like blip in the timeline that the TVA is alerted to where they are. And managed to arrest them and bring them back to the TVA headquarters. 
and uh they both get like um imprisoned sort of loki gets put in that that loop with sif sif the what the one actor from the thor movies who will show up in yeah. anything <laughs> the, the only one who said yes to that agents of shield episode that's how i kind of see it yep <laughs> <laughs> what's her name jane alexander i think is her name she's a good actress like i've seen her mm-hmm. in other things outside yeah. of it and it and it, it it was a nice it was a nice inclusion to have her back in the show but it was always that one thing where i feel like they they've had plans to do way more with the, her character, but they just never did for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, what what happens next, Brady? What's going on? Oh, I I basically all I remember is the train, and then <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I don't even remember how it ends. Okay, okay, Somehow no, I got they... this. I got this. Okay. No, oh, I'm sorry. If you if you were saying something, oh no, I remember them being on the train, and then I honestly don't remember what happens next. Somehow they get. Okay. I'm reading it. From, are we on the next? I'm, I'm looking. What episode are we on? Well, we're on. Um, this is four. Uh, this is the fourth one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So three ends on the train, right? Or they they get out of that world somehow. Yeah, we we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I just I don't remember us saying like, okay, we're on four now. I think it's. Um, Oh yeah, my okay. yeah. So mo- yeah, mostly we, what I yeah. remember from four is it kind of goes off Loki and Sylvia and Sylvie, Sylvie, mm-hmm. uh, and starts following Mobius and uh, Hunter Renslayer. B fifteen. Oh well, Mobi- Renslayer is kind of part of Mobius's thing. Um, mm-hmm. then, right. Yeah. Is oh, it B15? who's B fifteen? That's she's the buff lady. Um, yeah. yeah, right. She's like the main hunter. What, are, what are these actors' names? I, uh, I could look it up for this one here. Let's see. Uh, oh, B fifteen is Wumi Mosaku. Wumi, Wumi Mosaku. I feel like I've seen her in stuff. She was on Luther and Lovecraft but, Country. From what I could just look at in a Wikipedia. Okay. I've I have seen bits of Lovecraft Country, and for the record, that's also um uh. What's Jonathan his name? Majors. Um, Jonathan Majors yeah. is is like the main character in that show. Yeah. I've I've seen bits of that show because I was interested in a bit, and then some of my roommates were watching it, and I was like, "This this actually seems not that great." <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah, I watched about half of it, and it I don't know, it didn't get another season because it kind of sucked. Yeah, I I was really <laughs> into the season premiere, and then I just didn't catch up with it afterwards. But then every time I would look it up on like there would be like some random article on Twitter, I would pop up and be like talking trash about the finale like how it was like super disappointing but i have no idea what happened um yeah so it kind of follows those two mm-hmm. uh yeah unlocks renslayer is gugu umbathara who is has the greatest name <laughs> she is um i i remember this now when because like, I probably it's my probably my favorite episode from the series. She's from that one episode of Black Mirror where um oh my goodness where it's like Ooh, I think it's in the eighties or something. Yes, yeah, Sanjin Apiro, the rom- the yeah. the romance episode, yeah. the one that didn't right. end terrible. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it, <laughs> right? No, no, no. no, the, no one, I just, the one it, that didn't end terrible because it was like a happy. Everything ending. Yeah. usually has like a yeah a bad ending. That was like one of the ones that didn't. Because that's when you fight, it's like what, like the the elderly people who are allowed to like live, live in the Matrix, like, like imagine them. <laughs> yeah, they're in the like Oasis or like something. Virtually as, as them young selves, mm-hmm. yeah. 
in yeah. Oasis. That's that's from <laughs> Agents of Shield. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's really the only thing I've seen her in. She's in other stuff. Too. Oh, Maybe. actually, anyway, oh, my bad. Oh, she's in the Cloverfield. Yeah, <laughs> that, and I, I think she was in one of the Star Wars movies recently, or she was supposed to be in one. I can't remember. Huh. I don't mm. see that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We so, like to get off on these tangents. Sorry, Brady. <laughs> uh, Sylvie kind of unlocks some of B-15's memory, and this is where we kind of find out that all the TVA uh, personnel are actually variants themselves. Right. They have, because they have previous memories from their actual lives that had been, those memories had been wiped, basically, and they had been turned into TVA mm-hmm. employees. And when they're told that they've always been part of the TVA and that they were born there, basically, which is not true. Yeah. Um, and um, Loki tells that to Mobius, who doesn't believe him. Uh, but then, Mo- but Mobius is like, needs to investigate it. So he like kind of manipulates Renslayer and tricks her into, into like, I think he steals her tempad. Or something so that he can look at stuff. I can't remember. <laughs> um, well, I think in this part, it's I like I think Mobius starts to trust Loki a little bit because some of the other agents are starting to realize that. And I think what was it? It's not um, it's not B fifteen, but there's another agent from earlier in the show who gets C twenty C twenty yeah who gets uh, her mind messed right. with. Or seemingly, it looks like her, she gets her mind messed with in the second episode yeah, from Sylvie. Yeah, she was the one kidnapped by Sylvie, so Sylvie tortured her to find out where the time agents Yeah, exist. right, right. Okay, so yeah, so Renslayer tells Mobius that that, that C-20 mm-hmm. died, and then I think Mobius steals Renslayer's tempad and hears a recording on it of her interrogating C-20, and then... uh after C20 is like revealing that she knows that like you know their variants um she you know tells i think tells the the other agents to prune her um and then mobius is like well shit and so he goes and frees loki um and then renslayer finds them it, as they're about to leave the room, the time feeder, <laughs> and uh, prunes Mobius, um, and take Loki and so I'm just reading Wikipedia here. Take Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers. Yeah. Okay. So Renslayer has Mobius. Uh, are they in the room at that point? It, does Mobius make it to the timekeepers? I. No, okay. no, he's pruned before then. He's pruned like right as he's about to try to escape with Loki from the room where he had Loki trapped in that time loop. And Renslayer just like, and a bunch of agents like just walk into the room as they're about to walk out, basically, and prunes Mobius mm. right there. Yeah, okay. And then Loki and Sylvie are back in uh, captivity and they take both of them in captivity to the timekeepers because they're like basically like asking the timekeepers like what should we do with them and the timekeepers say prune them but then uh b15 shows up and she did they just start kicking ass <laughs> yeah 
So they're in the room, uh, kicking ass. Sylvie goes for the timekeepers themselves, only to find out they're androids or robots. Yeah, she cuts off one of their heads, and we find out they're they're robots. Um, and then as uh her and Loki are about to kiss, uh, Renslayer come like I guess gets up from having been knocked down and prunes Loki. Yeah, and yep. yep, he's about to confess something. Sounds like oh, that's what it was. Then, yeah, uh, he was about to. Con- I I think confess her feelings to her, but then he gets pruned right in the spot. Then, uh, yes. <laughs> yep. And then Sylvie fights Renslayer, overpowers her, um, and that's where the episode ends. Although we get a mid-credits scene where it shows uh. Loki wake up in the at the, at the in the time. void or whatever. The void at the and end of time. Yeah. Yes. And he's surrounded by the other The Loki Council variant. of Ricks, essentially, in the, for this show. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they always survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what is there? There's the classic comic Loki with the giant horns and the green outfit. Uh there's a child Loki. Uh was it like kind of like an urban city Loki and then uh, an alligator? Yeah. And the credits, I, I was so confused as to what they actually called this version of Loki, because I don't think they say it in the episode, like um, following it. Well, I can tell you what they're called. So there's the, the young one is kid Loki. Um, Richard E. <laughs> Grant is classic Loki. And then, uh, Diobia Opare, who is the black is black Loki. No, that's not, they don't call him. That. It's uh, he's right. boastful Loki. Yeah, he's uh, and if I remember, he he's the one that has like M- M- Mjolnir. Oh yeah, that's right. He, yeah, Mjolnir, Mjolnir. But uh, it looks like a like a, I think like the handle is a girder or something, or maybe the ha- the hammerhead is a girder. Like it looks, it, it looks like it's made out of like modern city stuff that's why i said you know he's like the modern city loki oh i didn't even realize that i thought i thought it was just it looked more norse to me like it looked like kind of like the you calling him urban loki (laughs) (laughs) that's what i said i remember when you called uh when you kept calling (laughs) yeah i'm looking at a picture now the handle is like a like a wrench and the head is like a girl I didn't realize. I remember when you kept calling Falcon Black Falcon, <laughs> and I called you out on it, and I think you edited it out of the episode. Oh, did I? Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I remember. Well, I mean, I, I remember saying it at least once on purpose, just because. The, I mean, even even the kids in like episode one called yeah, Black there, Falcon. There's a like, joke no, that they do the that. Uh, they do that with. Oh yeah, but it was, it was funny because I was running through the same problem too, recording like when I when I did my review on the show, where it's like. I can't say Black Loki because I'm pretty sure it's not actually how they call them. And it's like, but when the, when the fuck did they ever say boastful in the show? Because it was probably something they put in the credits. I, no. I would have noticed. I don't think they say any of these. I don't think they give them any of these well, names specifically. Yeah, in the show. I, would, I would imagine. Yeah, I that. think boastful Loki came from uh, the subtitles. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because hmm. I guess I guess he must talk in the med- like he must say something in the end credits to get subtitles because 
Uh, and I don't even think it was English subtitles. It was like foreign subtitles gave him the name Boastful Loki translated into English. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. That At least that's what I read in a article at some point. Um, yeah, so episode five. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sylvie demands to know where Loki is uh, or, or demands like answers or else she's like going to do something bad <laughs> to Renslayer Pruner. I don't know. But uh, Renslayer reveals that he was sent to the void at the end of time and um, Sylvie ends up like some stuff happens, but basically Sylvie ends up pruning herself in order to go to the void and yeah. she meets Mobius there. Yeah, so and, it's the void at the end of time. There's a ton of Lokis because Lokis always survive is what the Lokis at the end of time say. Um, we get a bunch of great Easter eggs. Yeah, and what what this is essentially is like they there's there's what is it the this thing Alioth? It gets so weird that they just start calling it this thing a lot a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the dragon that eats things at the void at the right. end of time. It's basically the smoke monster. <laughs> I I saw it mostly, but but much. Yeah, I bigger. saw it as like the that Rillo the, sp- uh, the Sphinx ghost thing that shows up at the beginning of the Aladdin movie, of the original. Like it, it kind of lo- it kind of oh. had that weird like lion shape in the middle, but I think it changes like faces throughout the episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sometimes I mean sometimes it's just like a moving yeah. <laughs> cloud basically. It just looks like a storm. Um and it consumes things in the void Same. essentially. Uh and yeah, Loki is with these Loki variants who take him to their uh underground bunker. Um and as they're going down, yeah, we get some of those Easter eggs you mentioned, Brady. Like when they're going down the ladder and it like zooms down like through the ground. Yeah, we get like a cross section of the ground and just all this stuff that because basically everything that's ever been pruned is being sent to this void at the end of time. Right. So just all the weird variants. Um, I think the big one is the Loki frog. Isn't yeah, it a Thor it's, frog? Um, Throg, yeah. Thor Voice frog, by Chris, my bad. Yeah, Chris yeah, Hemsworth, right. surprisingly enough. You you can't hear it at first, but <laughs> apparently he actually showed up to to voice him for the cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's all, all you hear, and all you hear is like is like a muffled yeah, because he's just screaming to get out. You hear like, a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because isn't he's in like he's in the he's in a jar? Uh, yeah, like what? Oh yeah, it is a jar, I guess. I I was thinking like the prison thing that they put Loki in in Adventures. Oh. It kind of looks like a version of that, but I guess yeah, if he's just a tiny frog, <laughs> tiny frog. The Thanos copter w- was a nice surprise. A I, I will say, Brady, because uh, <laughs> like it was always the silliest fucking thing that I would always know about Thanos, and it's like they would never do that in these movies. And I was so happy that they actually did that. <laughs> the Thanos, it? for some reason, in like some of his earlier appearances, just has a helicopter. Like he would just go on top of a helicopter. It says Thanos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here. Like he'd ride away like a like an 80s. So where villain. where do we see funny. this? <laughs> where is this is just like you just see it like crashed, like in mm-hmm. the in the void? Or Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, there's another one. Um in in the base, in the background, there's a there's like some video game oh, that never existed. Yeah. 
it's it's kind of like a it's like a internet creepypasta of like you know the game that people knew about but you know if you try to look it up all you get is like that creepypasta there's like an arcade cabinet for that game huh trying to look it up real quick interesting um but yeah just like some great uh easter eggs because all this stuff is you know at the end none of this is ever going to come up again it's all stuff that's been written that never existed and it's all just gags it's just like meant to be like yeah um god there's like some weird shit happens in this episode like uh there's like another gang of like loki's that like attack them in the bunker polybius Mm. is the game yeah so apparently at the void at the end of time there's just like roving gangs of loki's yeah i'm I can't even I can't even remember all of the vi- there's so many variants that we see. Uh, I mostly just remember scene. the 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 prominent one that's like the Loki mm-hmm. that's like running President for office Loki and I think Oh, we didn't I don't even know what the name of the other ones we are. We didn't even mention I, I, maybe one of you did, but I don't I I don't remember if any of us even mentioned that one of the four main Loki variants that we see is an alligator. Oh yeah. <laughs> just an alligator. Yeah. With a helmet, with the Loki yes. helmet, and they can like communicate with him. And that classic alligator hiss. <laughs> yeah, I think the classic Loki is the one that like can talk to him. Um. Yeah, there's just like it happens. This is yeah. This is where it kind of gets boring because it's just mostly set up for the final episode. Um. Yeah. So like they. The, the, I don't know, our Loki starts fighting with all the other Lokis and basically he comes up with the plan that he, he's going to fight the Alaroth Al- 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 yeah. and get to whatever Aliath is protecting to, you know, get to the end, end of time. Yeah. And uh, so they meet up. Sylvie and, and Mobius are like in a car and find and them. And too. um. Yeah, they spend a while like deliberating over what they're gonna do, but then yeah, this this episode is probably the slowest one. But I think I think this is probably the only episode where I like. I guess episode four has a little bit of slowness, but yeah, this one is the only one that I feel like maybe had a section that like dragged on a little too long, and that's like in this section before they're going to confront uh, Elias. Yeah, I think. For me, really, the big standout, obviously, would just be Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. Like, any scene that mm-hmm. he's in in, this, in the episode kind of, like, stole the thunder out of everyone else for me. Especially, like, given, like, his little yeah, backstory that he gives. Yeah, I think he's the gives. only one that, uh... Yeah, I think he's the only one that agrees to help them, too, in the end. Yeah, so, so Sylvie decides she's gonna try to enchant Elioth, um, which she just thinks that she can do because i think she like had a moment where she like where she almost got caught by it and she like interacted with part of it with her enchanting power um but yeah so they go and they do that and uh richard e grant helps and dies in the process and yeah they succeed and it reveals when the Eliath disappears it reveals this big old house a mansion, the void mansion. I don't know. The citadel beyond the void, beyond the void of the yeah. end of time. <laughs> the citadel at the end of time. By Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, episode six, the final frontier. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, this episode was just great. This one, this one, like it was a great ending to the show. I'm just saying that we haven't even talked about what happens in it yet, <laughs> but I'm just saying <laughs> up front that like, yeah, this was I definitely this worth was a good like, finale. the slowness of the last episode as set up just so they could get to the meaty, all this stuff that is exactly the story that's going on behind the scenes. And, and it's also just the mm. most, I would say probably one of the more like unexpected finales for these shows. Cause you would expect, you know, all these things to end with like a big climactic third act fight. We kind of already got that with the episode before. And it's just, it's literally just three people in a room talking and that becomes probably more, some of the best things like that the MCU has ever done in my opinion. Hmm. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I mean, th- there's other stuff going on in the background with like B15 and stuff, but that stuff really doesn't end up mattering. <laughs> I was going to say, let's get that out of the way first so we can skip to the, uh, the Loki stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, she so like, like, I guess, I guess Renslayer is getting, I remember like she's somehow she's like talking to Miss Minutes. Who's giving her more info than it seems like she yeah. should be? Like yeah. somehow the well, well Renslayer has at first didn't want to accept that it was true that she wasn't that she was a variant, but or, or maybe she already knew, but she just believed in the TVA's mission. But even once she finds out that like the timekeepers aren't real, she's still like, no, it's all gonna mean something, and like there's a reason we're doing this, and so she's like desperately trying to like maintain, uh her mission essentially um but yeah b15 like is like showing all the other tva agents that they're variants and yeah i don't even remember how that whole thing ends up ending it doesn't end up (laughs) mattering in the end but yeah the loki stuff is just so good like i i completely forgot that there was other stuff going on yeah like i said it doesn't matter (laughs) it mainly feels like just like tiny setup Um, for uh, for season two, which is that little reveal of her that she was, yeah. what was it? Ravana was like a principal yeah, they, in a high school. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they, they want to make you care enough to maybe somehow get back to that mm-hmm. timeline because of how this, the episode ends. Um, yeah. So they, so Loki and Sylvie, they get to the Citadel. Oh, also Mobius, Mobius went back to the TVA, used the temp pad to go back to the TVA. Uh, I was going to, I didn't even remember him. <laughs> Like what happens to him? <laughs> yeah, that's before they before they um go after Eliath. Forgot to say that. Okay, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, we're in the Citadel. Yeah, so Loki and Sylvie show up to the Citadel, and they're they're ready for something. And then the little Miss Minutes hologram yeah. I think, shows up, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, "He who remains will be with you shortly. Please wait here." <laughs> and then uh, what he like he shows up and he's like. He's just so happy that they're there. He's ecstatic. <laughs> well, Miss Minutes uh, offers offers them this like like a deal. Yeah, they, or they could just like leave from there. Option to go, but why? But why? Why does he who remains do that? Like, if he knows they're going to come to his office anyway, like why? Why does he? Does he? Is it like reverse psychology? He's like, I have to like make them think they're fighting against like that it's not that I, I easy. would assume so because for, <laughs> like not to get too far ahead but like for the rest of the episode he's just really he's just really you know begging them to finish what they you know started 
by the end um by the end of their conversation well, so at, probably at some point he does say he doesn't know what's about to happen yeah right? or does that does that start I, it's later like on the, like towards the end of their conversation um in his chambers but it's like that entire conversation he's kind of just like begging them to kill him the entire time because he's just kind of tired so it, no they don't yeah. necessarily want them to oh, no, kill no, no. him like he he they want, want he's to, asking them he wants oh, really? to live mm. or or he well no i think he's he's okay with either mm. outcome if i had to guess i think his his preferred outcome is that they leave him alive let him retire and take his place as the people running the TVA. Oh, uh, yeah. But but he's like, listen, you can either do that or you can kill me and then, you know, you can deal with the consequences of that. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right. Like, he's tired and he's, like, been around so long and he's just like, at this point, he's just like, you know, I just want my <laughs> job to be over. So if me dying is how that has to happen and, and at least I won't have to be around to deal with the consequences, which is like, I, I, I you uh, know, which I think is like props are given to majors at performance in that episode, because the entire time you really don't, yeah. you really don't know what he kind of wants. Cause he's just kooky. Like he, like he comes off initially as like just <laughs> crazy, but at the same time you can kind of see like, Oh yeah, this burden that he has, you know, setting up the TVA, taking care of all of this, you know, uh, time, uh, timeline shenanigans, like it, it's taking a toll on him, and he can't really know like what exactly he really means or wants. Yeah, but yeah, that's the the choice he gives them because he explains to them that he, um, the the way the TVA came to be is that. He was a scientist who discovered the multiverse and started communicating with other, you know, versions of himself and other timelines. And some of that was friendly, but some of it was not. And he ended up, uh, other versions of him were evil and wanted to try to, like, you know, conquer other timelines. And it ended up erupting into all out war with him being like, the major player in that like all the different versions of him being like the major player in that war because there's like for every like good version or neutral version of him there's also like an evil version of him so there's just a whole bunch of evil uh you know timeline conquering versions of this guy who all of the good ones are trying to fight against and prevent that from happening and he ends up succeeding. I forget how he explains that he does this, but he ends up creating the TVA to try to main, you know, maintain a singular timeline. And again, this is like where it gets confusing because they start referring to maintaining a singular timeline. But as we've discussed, it's technically not one timeline. It's like a bunch of parallel timelines that are staying within certain yeah. parameters. And I think part of the reason why he wins the war is that I'm lo I'm just looking from uh, over in Wikipedia and I remember he does mention this in the ma in his monologue like he harnesses the, the alive creature and that's what is able to like get him to purge all the other versions of um of he remains 
like out of the timeline of just out of existence so that he could be like the one to reign supreme i assume yeah actually maybe because my thought was that well like how how are there all these loki variants who are like you know old if the tva is going around like pruning all of these you know branching timelines as soon as they start branching majorly and maybe maybe what it actually is is that the them all being pruned is the result of when the TVA first got founded and started pruning those timelines. That's how far along those timelines were at mm. that point. Did that make any no, sense? I, 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 I kind of get it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> uh, I mean, once we start getting into this stuff, yeah, it's. It is whatever you think it is, <laughs> I, and I and I think a lot of it, obviously, that's whatever you were saying for you. I, and I think a lot of it is also just things that will be elaborated on more with the movies and uh, and season two, you know, coming up where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get and you get like just enough of a backstory that it leaves you with some questions that probably will get addressed at like Doc and Doctor Strange or something like that. Yeah, they're they're really going to have to nail this <laughs> yeah, shit cause down. Because it, it does <laughs> get confusing. Sure. I, w- I was going to say just like <laughs> the that whole Kang war just kind of reminds me of like, I, I would I see it in my head for some reason as like that Wojak picture of the two Wojaks pointing at the thing, but it's just like an infinite loop of them just pointing at other versions of each other, and they just cancel out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So yeah. So anyway, yeah. So he's like, listen, I've been, uh, you know, you know, maintaining these timelines for so long, but I'm tired. And that's why I allowed you guys to reach me because I wanted to make a proposition to you. So everything that they've done has been like allowed to happen and by by he who remains and he like knows everything that is going to happen up to a certain point in their conversation. Like everything up to that point has been kind of predicted by him but then they're reaching like a point where he is no longer aware of what's going to happen next um so up to that point he's able to avoid getting killed by them because he knows everything that they're going to do um because they do try to kill him (laughs) that's what sylvie wants to do more than anything and when he gives them this choice of you can either kill me or you can take my place. Sylvie is like, okay, cool. We're going to kill you. But Loki actually like wants to think about it and be like, yo, he's saying like, there could be like some major consequences and like, maybe we should at least think about this. And Sylvie doesn't like that. And so they start fighting. Um, And Sylvie ends up sending Loki back to the TVA headquarters. Yeah, so and she sends him back. She kills him. Uh, he's pretty happy about that. Yeah, then, his uh, his performance <laughs> at that point is so fucking good when she's like approaching him and he's just like, "Oh man!" Like, <laughs> what? I I think what he's I think he's just happy. Like, I think we like the implication is he's happy that he like doesn't know what's going to happen. Like, he's tired of like knowing For once in yeah. his life. <laughs> Because it's been his job to maintain things on a certain path. 
And that's why he knows how things are happening. And now he's leaving it in someone else's hands. So he's stopped doing his job. And he's like got a giddy thrill just from the the nature of unpredictability. And it's also so fun seeing him tease her in the build up to that because there's that really good exchange where um you know she starts putting you know him and the tv on the spot for making her life hell and he's like you're a, you, you just murdered so many people and you've done just as many bad things as i have you're just a hypocrite at this point and it's just like building her anger up to that you know to you know get her get him uh get her to kill him it's so good <laughs> mm. so yeah um so after she kills him uh, we start see because they're in like this office and you can see like he's got like windows and around it is like, I guess you can see all of these timelines. I don't know how that works. How can he how can the timelines be visible outside of his windows? I would have no idea. I, I have that no idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's at the really, end of time, man. I didn't really think about it at the time. But now that I think about it, it's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> What is that visual and how is that a thing? Um, but yeah, we basically see that the timelines start going crazy. Um, Loki is back at TVA headquarters and he finds Mobius and starts telling them about what uh, happened, but they don't know who he is. <laughs> um, and then... Loki sees, you know, in the oh, oh, and we see that Mobius and B fifteen are like discussing like the timelines going crazy, basically, um, in a way that they can't contain. And then I think the last thing we see is Loki sees a statue, um, of Kang himself of a Loki variant. Oh no, it's Kang. What? No, it's Kang. Yeah. Oh, it's K- oh, right, right. Okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I'm like reading it's the like- Wikipedia thing here. I'm like, what? Because I didn't, I didn't remember. But yeah, he sees he sees Kang, a statue of Kang, in like at like Where the edge of the headquarters of the building. Previous timekeepers was what? There's oh, a statue right. of Kang where the previous timekeeper statues were. Right. Implying that he has more of a heavy hand in this universe, I guess. Whichever one took over from him. Right, because I do TVA remember. I do exists. remember Kang. So does this mean that it's like an evil TVA where they're maintaining like there's another timeline that's being maintained, but now it's an evil I, timeline? <laughs> well, I I do remember when Sylvie kills He Who Remains. Doesn't he say like, "Yeah, Let's see you soon"? You know, right. implying another version of him is going to show up soon. Yeah, but like the question is, I guess. Are we now in like a massive multiverse that's just out of control? Or are we in another version of the same scenario that has become dominant and is like branching all of the other timelines or pruning all of the other timelines? That's my assumption. Because, like, I, I assume, you know, once you get pruned, you just get sent back to that. Or once you get taken back to the TVA, you get taken to the one that you were supposed to go to in the normal, your normal reality up to that point. So it, for me, it feels like less that he's in a different timeline or like a different universe than it is like his reality just changed. Like he's in his prime universe, but it just well, changed uh, its nature. Maybe, but but um, but it's like kind of unprecedented because. 
before there was only one like main timeline for them yeah. to go back to. So I don't think so. Maybe I, I don't know. I could. I think. Yeah, now that there's multiverses, there could be multiple TVAs, could be. I guess. Yeah, and maybe now the also, Tempad just like doesn't know what to do and it just brings you yeah, back to like, a version in a is timeline. Is the TVA even within a timeline or is it outside Th- of that's time? That's the thing, because like, it, it's so funny because it's like, <laughs> I, um, I remember some some Marvel fan, some fan pointed it out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Like the moment where he who remains says that line of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. If you sync it up with the finale of WandaVision, that's apparently the same moment that she has her, that she actually becomes the Scarlet Witch in, in that, in, um, in that episode. And like my, my assumption would be that like, it's not only time, timelines and like uh, multiverses that are being affected by this, but it's also like the general like concept of their realities as well if that makes any sense you know like as if time and reality are like two different constructs that could be manipulated yeah man no matter what the case is like it's a bold move what they're doing here especially if it's going to have major mcu implications because you know they you know there's no way they have to have this planned out in some way and know where they're going with it. And it's such a chaotic place to take the story and the universe. That's very ambitious. And they're going to have a, they're like giving themselves a lot of work to have to do to write out the, the, you know, the implications of this and, uh, you know, what's going to happen next because, they're they're gonna have to figure out how it and presumably already have how it's all going to work um how how the stories the various stories of different characters are gonna interact with it so yeah i mean maybe they'll (laughs) fuck it up and it won't go so well um but you know i have enough faith in them considering how well you know their ambition has gone i I would say for as uh, somebody who kind of like fell off the MCU hype after Endgame and Far From Home, who was like, like I was somebody who wasn't really looking forward to the new shows or like remotely any most things from Phase Four. This mm-hmm. is probably the best thing they could have done to keep me interested because, like, not only do you have right. this, you know, great, interesting new uh, villain who can, you know change this and is actually in some ways or in a lot of ways is seen as more of an interesting and threatening villain than the one we got before with Thanos. But it, it it's also funny realizing that like Disney kind of owns almost all of Marvel at this point. So they kind of can get away with just like making a Deadpool three that just so happens to maybe have Kang in it or like have Hugh Jackman show up in Loki season two, like, you know, things like that could make sense now with this sort of story that they have. And it makes it like both surprising right. and, you know, oddly nostalgic for some things and also, you know, fresh. Cause you really don't know like what to expect when it's like, Oh, anything can come out of this. Right. 
And yeah, I had been thinking, I had had that thought about Deadpool where they were like, because they recently announced before this show aired, but they had announced like, oh yeah, Deadpool's going to be in the MCU and he, like, it's going to be canon. Like, it's going to, like, the it's not going to be just a joke. Like, he's not going to just like, you know, reference the properties and play around with them, but not have any influence whatsoever on the rest of the you know mcu it's it's going to technically be canon and this just gives them an easy way to to do that now where they can just be like yeah multiverse like it's <laughs> canon but it, yeah. it's it's it doesn't have to be like you know crazy fucked up things can happen they can like kill off characters in the deadpool movies but just like oh it's another dimension so <laughs> It's another timeline, it, so it doesn't matter. Another dimension, another dimension, dimension. another dimension, <laughs> another dimension. Man, just the thought of like possibly having Paul Rudd and Ryan Reynolds together in a possible, like, it, like just the thought of having Deadpool in a fucking Ant Man movie to cap off whatever, like, if that's supposed to be the end of that storyline, just sounds bonkers to me. Like, I would never have expected something like that, that, that if that, amazing. you know, is something that they would do, you know, but now they can. Which is so crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So in terms of what we have a pretty good idea that this is going to have a direct influence on um, in phase four, we... Whoa, what? Sorry, I'm looking at the... Oh, never mind. Here we go. Wait. <laughs> trying to find the list of movies. Okay. So... Uh, Shang-Chi, probably not. Eternals, probably not. Spider-Man, maybe? But probably I'm, not. I'm holding out hope that Spider-Man is probably going to be more important with this. Well, Doctor Strange is yeah. going to be in that movie, I'm seeing now. Oh my god, they cast Jamie Foxx oh, okay. as Electro So that's, that's, that's why I, I, I said that. I didn't know if you guys knew that or not, but it was... Oh right. yeah, they they're bringing in like uh, what is it like three of the other old yeah. Spider Men? Right, that's been rumored. I don't think Mar uh, Marvel has officially <laughs> announced that, but it's definitely been very very rumored. So yeah, also, I think uh, so. Doc, yeah, I think Doc there is Ock a good is chance we're getting some like, multiverse from from verified sources. It, it sure. was confirmed, like I think probably because this this film for some reason it's been filming for a lot longer than I thought it would, but. I probably like I think six months ago it was confirmed about like yeah Jamie Fox is supposed to come back as his Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man movies which <laughs> man I I could only hope for the best with that one but um <laughs> yeah I hope that that's just like a small like cameo thing but I mean I, well I don't know you know I feel like Jamie Fox could Jamie yeah. Fox is a good actor and he could good give a good performance in that role under the right direction but man his performance in amazing spider-man 2 is it's it's oh, awful oh it, it really is one of the fucking worst spider-man movies so i've ever bad. seen well no like in terms of comic movies it is one of the worst i've seen <laughs> it's yeah it's yeah it, oh, but i hated that movie i i like didn't just yeah. dislike that movie i hated it <laughs> um uh, what is that line he oh, has? Oh, it's in that my movie birthday. It's like, is it out? Like, <laughs> yeah, time to blow out the candles. Yeah, it's like time to blow out the candles. Like Doctor, like Mister Freeze ask Batman and Robin line you could fucking get from the. <laughs> it's so bad. 
It makes no sense. It's like yeah, <laughs> it has no context. So it's 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 the him who's apparently like from like uh, from the trades has been officially confirmed to come back. But also out, Al- yeah. Also Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina as Doc Ock, yeah. which I'm a little bit hesitant on because like for me, I I grew up watching Spider Man too. Like that's probably my favorite. Spider-Man movie of you know growing up right. or probably of all time and Same. like I would just love nothing more with that character because it was like the perfect end point for him in just that movie but mm. you know if they have something interesting for him I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to check that out and it was definitely a surprise looking that up yeah. <laughs> to see that fucking Alfred Molina is supposed to be with the British Spider-Man now in this version of the MCU yeah. Okay. So there is a pretty good chance that we're getting some multiverse oh, yeah. shit in that movie. And then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh pretty apparent. Let's see if there's anything cool that we already know about that other than obviously we know Scarlet Witch is in it. Um That's about all I'm seeing for there cast were, announcements. There were reports that, that apparently Hiddleston is supposed to show up in this, but I don't know if that's actually confirmed or not. It would, I, I don't know how it would make sense given that, like, you know, you, you probably have to deal with the stuff he's doing first in his show than, you know, um, before like putting him into a big movie like that. But I don't know. Yeah, it, uh, it, it is on the Wikipedia after that episode was released. Tom Hiddleston was reported to be reprising his role as Loki in Multiverse of Interesting. Madness, uh, reported by the Hollywood Reporter. So maybe. Um, but yeah, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Also funny that Sam Raimi is directing that. And like, if there's going to be all these connections to the, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man movies in (laughs) in the Spider-Man. Um, then we've got Thor Love and Thunder, which Thor is with, you know, that's going to be a Thor in Guardians of the, oh no. That's the movie that's going to be based around Jane. Yeah. Jane but they're Foster. also expected to come back too. But it does say in the Yeah, it does say in the cast Chris Hemsworth and all of the Guardians of the Galaxy people. So maybe it's going to be like a cuz I well, just assumed I just assumed that the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was basically going to be Guardians of the Galaxy plus Thor. Yeah. And that's where that was going to go, and that this this next Thor movie was going to be very Jane Foster centric, which it might be. Maybe will maybe it's just going to be like, you know, like a scene showing what you know Thor is up to, or like him communicating, you know, with jane foster from wherever he is with the guardians and so maybe that that's why they've been announced as part of the cast is just because they're in like yeah a scene it could be two, that i could maybe. also see it as like because in, in this version you know uh, in like if it if it's not like actually affected by any multiverse things it could be this uh another way of doing the loki thor relationship but this time it would be swapped with a jane thor and you know, actual Thor, where he's more in a supporting role with that. It could be that, and I, I, I would imagine, but maybe also, but but maybe also just like yeah. a cameo. I'm I'm really hopeful that I really do hope that he shows up in that third Guardians movie because I would just like to see what James Gunn can do with Chris Hemsworth. You know, like for humor. Yeah, I I really. 
yeah, at the end of Endgame, I was just like, oh, this this is going to be the next Guardians movie is Thor mm-hmm. is now a Guardian of the Galaxy, like that, <laughs> which is fucking just awesome. Because uh, I love Chris Hensworth in that role, especially ever since Ragnarok. He's just been killing it in that role. Um, but yeah, um, that is not Loki relevant <laughs> at all. <laughs> I just brought up that movie because we were, but I don't, I don't foresee too much based on what we know of that movie multiverse stuff going on there maybe maybe but not sure then we've got black panther i don't know if we should expect any multiverse stuff there i would be really surprised um, if they did i see no reason honestly either. i can't imagine they that would be a part of this timeline yeah. or this story arc yep we've yeah so i think thor and black panther probably not um the marvels maybe we know nothing about that movie and I mean, I, I definitely could see multiverse stuff playing into that. But, you know, we, we don't know. Um, but then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And to me, this seems like it's going to be almost like the culmination of this, this like plot line. Yeah, that's what is in this movie which is kind of awesome like i love the idea that they are putting faith in ant-man and the wasp as being like a tentpole entry in the mcu of being like we're you know because the the first two ant-man movies were pretty disposable in terms of the wider mcu they they were treated as more of like a side thing but this this seems like they're really putting it front and center and I love that because I, I love Paul Rudd in the role. Um, I like Evangeline Lilly too. I, I like those movies. I just, they just felt too throwaway to, to yeah. like them that much. And I think this, this has the potential to change that in, like in a huge way. Um, because Quantumania, obviously, you know, referencing the quantum realm and the quantum realm, as we know, um, is something that has a big connection to like time. Tra- you know, they use the quantum realm to time yeah. travel and endgame. Um, and they use like pin particles. And <clears throat> so here's where I'm going to bring up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know I've been talking for a long time here. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap this up real soon. This has been going on long. I apologize. But, um, at the end of Agents of Shield, there is a point. Mild spoilers. If you ever, if anyone ever watches the show, don't worry, you won't remember that I said this by the time you get to this. If you ever do, but I do recommend that show. It's really good. The first three or four seasons, or excuse me, the first like three seasons are kind of weak, but then it I can't gets really good. What in season three, but like definitely like yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> season season. Starting with season four, I genuinely think the show becomes great and stays I, great throughout the last four remember, seasons like, of the yeah, show. Yeah, is season four the, uh, where they introduce Ghost Rider? Four is where with the o- uh, oh, yes, yeah, and the Oasis. Right. Yep, and then like from that point on, it's all like virtual realities and time travel and <laughs> crazy shit, and it's it's great. Um, the show becomes a lot more focused, I think. Uh, but yeah, um, at, like at the very end of the show, 
there's a point where Fitz points out that the quantum realm can be used to travel between timelines. Hmm. Um, and I think that's super interesting because we know we know that it can be used to travel through tr- through time, but we that's not you know timelines is not something that's ever been talked about when talking about the yeah. quantum realm in the movies. And I think that makes perfect sense with uh, this upcoming movie that they're going to be using the quantum realm to sort of be moving between timelines. Um, I mean, I think that has to be the case. We've got King the Conqueror as the main, you know, antagonist in that movie. So, yeah, I'm just crazy. Could you imagine if they do like. Ant-Man's own version of the portal scene from Endgame, but it's just a cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out and everybody's like trying to figure out what's, <laughs> who are these people. <laughs> that would be, honestly, that uh, that would be a nice way to actually bring that cast into the fold. Because I never really, like, I... I, I know they won't. They won't. But it was, I mean, that the, it's it's dead now because ever ever since they, you know... Because that was like a different arm yeah. of the MCU studio. Now they've like consolidated everything. So everything they're making is now out of the same studio. And Kevin Feige never liked that TV branch. And and he was like the main thing stopping that from ever becoming too tangled up with the movies, basically, because he was against it. Yeah, I remember. It's like... Um, it's like him, Jeff Loeb, and I think like all the stuff that was going on with like Perlmutter leading up to like some part of phase right. three where like he, like Perlmutter kind of like lost control of that and Feige was just like, I think it was after Endgame that Feige was, got control of the television department afterwards. And yeah, just kind of like, I think he fired Loeb and just took control of it after that with the TV shows here on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I could, what I will say is I could see them using the multiverse as a way to bring Coulson back, which would be interesting because he yeah. was already in the movies. And now, now this gives, you know, Feige a way to be like, this is a way we could, you know, have this character appear in a movie or two again in a way that like won't be confusing to the audience who hasn't <laughs> seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It would just be interesting to me, like, Obviously, we don't know this at this point, but like, if that is something that they would do, like, what would be Coulson's role in this? Like, I would imagine he would have a more important role for that franchise going forward. Yeah, maybe. I guess I was just thinking more of like a cameo oh, type thing be. in one yeah, or two of the too. movies, but no. But um, yeah, it's. I think yeah, I think like you said, uh, this makes me extremely excited for the future of the MCU. If this is carrying into the movies, which it seems like it definitely is, and I'm really excited for it. And I think uh, uh, Jonathan Major's performance has a big part in that because he's so good here. And like the idea that we're going to get to see him giving like different versions of this performance as different versions of this character is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would agree. I'm... I think more so, like, yeah, I'm just more excited about, like, Majors' flexibility as an actor, like, what he can actually bring to the table with that. Like, you already, like, for me, I already saw, like, 
a lot of it from just this episode alone. So I cannot wait to see what he can bring into like, even not even just Ant-Man. I, I assume he would probably show up in other things. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't show up in uh, the second season or at least a version of him. What do you, uh, what do you think, Brady? You, what do you, uh, what do you think about the implications of, uh, this show on the rest of the MCU and how does that make you feel about like your uh, engagement? I, I definitely think it's going to be uh, the next big arc. Um, we we kind of talked about it a little bit on uh, the Black Widow episode, but um, so what Endgame was the end of three. phase three or four? Three. Three, okay. Yeah, so I mean like this seems like it's setting it up for maybe the next three phases. So like you're, you're saying... Uh, you know, it seems like quantum quantum mania is like the culmination of this current storyline. I think that might be like the real beginning of it. That's a good point. You know, that's a good point. And then this mm. will be the next decade of Marvel, um, the next two or three phases as they deal with uh, Kang. Yeah, man, which seems crazy. That seems like if that's the case, if it's going to go on for that long, if like this Doctor Strange episode, which is directed by Sam Raimi and by all accounts seems like it'll be dark is only the beginning of this. And then, you know, Ant-Man and Quantumania is like, um, you know, just continuing that storyline going on. I have a feeling things are going to get kind of, kind of dark. I can MCU. Like things are going to get really chaotic. And if you uh, think about it as like, they're setting up the next three arcs. I mean, they're, they're going to introduce these new characters. Um, Oh, Shang-Chi. What's the next one? The 10 rings guy. Shang-Chi, yeah, so they'll, you know, they'll probably spend a couple uh, movies this phase and next phase setting up new characters, and then, you know, whatever they want to call Avengers 2.0, we'll deal with Kang in phase six, maybe, or five. You know, like, if you if you look at phase one as, like, kind of a setup, because when did, when did uh, Thanos really start, you know, showing up as a thing? Uh, he shows up in the, uh, at the very end He's of like phase in an after credits one, of, in, like, the, the okay. post-credits of the first Avengers. Okay, so maybe if they, you know, speed it up a little bit, whereas, you know, they spend two full phases on, like, the next big bad, you know, they might, you know, they might, that's, personally, that's what I think they're going to do. You know, I think I think they are looking that far ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to set up, you know, some new characters to replace the dead ones and the retired ones and anybody that retires in the meantime. Uh, and then we'll have Avengers 2.0 taking on Kang. Fantastic Four will probably be there. That movie's coming out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's like, he's like a regular Fantastic yeah, Four villain, right? He has a lot of ties comics. with the Fantastic Four, but mainly he was, he's been known as like an Avengers villain or kind of just like an overall, like, like Marvel villain, like in the same level as like a Galactus or a Thanos. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think they're setting up the next few phases. Um, cause yeah. quantum mania is part of this phase, right? Four. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think they're setting up, I think that's going to be the springboard into the next era of the Marvel whatevers. (laughs) The end. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I think that's a good place to... I don't have too much more to say. I I liked this a lot. I didn't think it was perfect. Um, But, I mean, as far as these TV shows go, this is like the level of quality I was expecting and hoping for. Like, WandaVision and uh Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of let me down on that front a little bit. Not like in an insane way, but 
enough. And this was where the first point where I'm like, okay, this is like what I know Marvel is capable of. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think it's also just even in the terms of like, even in terms of like the MCU, it's probably some of the most mature work that they've ever done, which I really appreciate given that it's, you know, like essentially at the end of the day, it's like a Disney show. And for a Disney show, I would have, I I was surprised by how serious it took, like the themes that they were talking about when it came to like mortality and like, even like the worth of a Loki, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Brady. (laughs) Really appreciate you joining me and Raul on this episode. (laughs) Uh. Oh, I'm getting demoted. (laughs) What? Uh, well, I look forward to the next one, hearing you guys and Slime talk about uh, whatever's next. What is next? What if? Is it Ten Rings? Oh, what if? Yeah. Yes, we already. will. Whoops. And Slime will be joining us for those. He he wants to talk about those with us. And I think we decided we're actually going to do episode for episode. And those will be short episodes, hopefully. But... uh just because they're all going to be, it's an anthology show and they're all going to be completely disconnected. Seems like it would be a pain in the ass to try to record like one episode covering a whole bunch of them. So yeah, we'll do a bunch of mini episodes covering each episode and you'll hear those, you know, (laughs) five months after they air. (laughs) No, there's, there's, you know, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. All yeah. right. Well, um, Bro, where can we I, find I gotta you? Say it was, it's been a pleasure being with you guys today. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, thank you. Of course. Yeah, thanks for coming oh, no, on. No, dude, that when I got the message time, like, from you, I was so excited, actually, because I was just like, ooh, I, I get to talk to people again. <laughs> you know, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, obviously, check out... Uh, Check out uh, Raul's podcast, American Nerds. That's him and his his buddies. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, oh, my bad. Sorry, <laughs> Raul. Why don't oh, you yeah, tell? Raul, why don't you tell us about it? Well, he already did. But instead of us but, telling yeah, you, if you want yeah, to say um, something, well, you can find the show basically everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, it's biweekly right now, but uh, we're gonna slowly switch back into weekly as we get the hang of like some new equipment that we're investing in. And um, yeah, we just released a summer movie recap episode a couple days ago where we talked about like Black Widow, also Loki and um, old. I'm trying to remember what else. Green Knight and then Suicide Squad. So if you guys are into that, uh, feel free to check those out. And other episodes too. And episodes of this show as well, because this is a fun. Yeah. Or any of the dozen that will have come out by the time this yeah. comes out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, check out uh, Brady's stuff. He does the Daily Garf cast and uh, is on YouTube as Barbarossa Brady. Yeah, and you can check out Josh. Uh, he does the Untwisted podcast where him and some Australian friends revisit a Australian classic around the twist as well as his personal movie podcast, Cinemocracy, where we vote and he watches. That was pretty good. Wow, that was yeah. beautiful, Brady. <laughs> and then reviews. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you started plugging me, so I felt like I had to plug you. Like, yeah, that was pretty good for yeah, uh, us. That was totally unplanned. That was just, some, just a beautiful exchange. That's, that's, why, that's why I do this, man. Raul, uh, 
You want to you close the door behind me? Oh, is there a door behind me? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see. I was like, oh shit. I thought I locked everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying leave a... Leave a, yeah, just a... Oh, yeah, no, no worries. I got you. Now, so. Let me just stop the recording here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>